Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is double or nothing AEW, and you've got three fellas who can't wait to chat about it. I'm Jack. I'm here with Raj and Chuck. And guys, I don't know if you are here to nitpick or if you're here to praise, but personally, I'm about to gush all over the place before we get started with all the nitty gritty. Chuck, just overall thoughts. What'd you think of AEW, double or nothing? Two thumbs up, man. Like they never seem to disappoint with the pay-per-view. And honestly, I thought that they were going to under deliver tonight and they just blew me out of the water start to finish. I thought that even with the pre-show match with Serena D versus Rio, you're just talking about top to bottom quality wrestling, the likes of which we so rarely get with those monthly pay-per-views with WWE. So it is just a real treat to watch this. And they really, 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 I think went out of their way to kind of redeem themselves after the dud of a finish to the last pay-per-view and it was just a solid finish man i love this thing two thumbs up yeah aw has a way of always regardless of what i i feel ready for with a pay-per-view it feels like they do always just pull out all the stops raj were you a fan of the show were you in the middle did you hate it where were you at i loved it i thought it was great uh, i think between having the fans back i mean the fans was, that was just huge it just i don't know how i'm gonna go back to the thunderdome after watching this I saw you know? your tweets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Someone, <laughs> someone's got to take it over. I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, this was amazing. Just seeing fans back and the energy. and uh, I thought the pay-per-view was great. I thought five hours was a little long. You know, you include the pre-show. Granted, the first half hour of the pre-show was video packages, whatever. But uh, it, it, by, by the time the uh, stadium stampede started, I was starting to get, you know, I was like, all right, come on. Let's, let's. Let's finish this up. But I, I thought it was great up and down. Uh, there was nothing that disappointed. I love Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida. I thought that match was awesome. I thought, uh, you know, the the stadium stampede, they finished strong. It, it was it was just a positive up and down. I can't, uh, it's not really any negatives, you know. It was, it was a strong show. And it just felt like summer's coming and this just put it into that mode that we're getting back to normal and we're this is where we're at you know i agree with you it's gonna be very tough to go into uh, a thunderdome and go into any type of show without fans now because this was so amazing and shout out to the folks in jacksonville they stayed hyped throughout this show this long show and it felt like throughout they still were giving it their all the whole time 
Uh, I agree. Five hours is a little bit long, but at the same time, I was watching and thinking, I feel like AEW is kind of flexing a little bit. Like, yeah, we got a crowd. We got a crowd here. They're excited. We're just going to do the thing and do it big. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but uh, I felt like they were kind of rubbing, uh, rubbing some people's faces in it, that they had a big crowd that was excited to be there. Oh, they absolutely did. But that crowd, I mean, they were amazing. I'm I'm with Raj. Like, I kept waiting for them to drop off and for there to be kind of like this burnout moment kind of in the middle of the pay-per-view. But they were hot the whole night. It was so cool. And maybe it was just because, like, for so many of them there, this was their first big show back. I don't want to call it post-pandemic, but we're certainly trending in that direction right now. And maybe that was just the energy and the electricity. But you have that on top of the quality of the action in the ring, man. I mean, again, you've just got such a great show they delivered tonight. Yeah. And this is uh, Nick Hausman. He is at the show tonight. He is uh, covering the press conferences. We're going to have all the the news from the press conferences and everything coming up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the first time in a year. I mean, yeah. it's been a long year. It has <laughs> been so long. Uh, the Outcast Kid says, an amazing show to watch. Hi, now this show. Yes. Uh, fun fact, we're twice as funny if you watch this show. Hi. Uh, Quite, yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. Uh, but uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about the show. And I'm going to start at the top here. The stadium stampede descending from the heavens. The inner circle proceeds once more under the breach as they collide with the pinnacle in a match that felt like the final chapter of the pandemic. No crowds, no this last cinematic match. While the crowd seemed to slow down for the backstage portions, it felt like they came alive as the wrestlers made their way to the ring, particularly Sammy Guevara rallying the people behind him, surviving chair shots, and the inner circle's prodigal son hits the 630 to secure the win, get the feel-good ending for the show, and secure the future of the inner circle. Uh, Raj, we'll start with you. Thoughts on the Stadium Stampede 2 and how it all played out at the end of the show? I, I thought it was um, I thought it was fun. Uh, they, they did some cool stuff. Uh, I like Conan uh, being the DJ, which is kind of neat. Uh, the little yeah. uh, the little Khan moment. Um, yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought it went long. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I was losing interest after a while. I I knew they were going to end up back in the ring. Um and it's clear that, you know, most of this was pre-taped, but it was fun. You know, it was a fun match. I just, you know, at the five-hour mark, it, it, it did feel a little long. But uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, man, uh, with what we've been through this past year, this was amazing. To be back in the ring, the crowds, you know, singing Judas. Um, I put this out on Twitter. I said, uh, I think Judas is the most over-entrance song since Stone Cold's theme in 2001. I, I don't know if there's anything since 2001 that's been as over as Judas as far as an interest theme. You know, that'd be a hard argument to... to it'd be hard to argue against that because the crowd, I think if they let him keep going, would sing that song forever. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, what else? And, I mean, seriously, what else? Nakamura, maybe? Maybe? Yeah. No, not even close. Not to Judas. And Nakamura's got a hell of a theme, but no. N- Fandango? For like a month? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was. Actually, it, it was, was over as hell was, for like a month. 
it absolutely <laughs> was. Uh, yeah, I felt a little long in the beginning, especially the backstage stuff. I, I don't know. I felt like while I was watching the backstage stuff, this should have been placed somewhere else on the show. But then when it all ended, it felt like, yes, this was the right place for it. Chuck, what were your thoughts on the stadium stampede too? I thought that it was really well done, and I had my concerns going into this match. Like, how are they possibly going to live up to what they did last year? And they actually did. The matches were very different, but I thought that if you're you're just going to give them like a star rating, like they're right on par with each other. And I thought that AEW did the only thing that AEW possibly could do here to grab mainstream headlines and get Urban Meyer in there. And I think that that's going to give them more mainstream attention than when Shaq was there or when Mike Tyson was in the ring. I honestly believe because it's the NFL and everybody knows the Con Jaguars connection, you're going to have yourself ESPN covering this, CBS Sports, all of your morning news, all of the newspapers, all of the blogs, et cetera, et cetera. This is going to be huge for AEW. And you know that WWE was watching this one and they're like, oh, crap, they one-upped us. Okay, so I'm a very casual NFL fan. Like, I know uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who, who's Urban Meyer? I, I don't really know who. The Jaguars head coach, super, super, super successful college coach, comes, uh, he retired, went into television, had never done the NFL until now finally signs with uh, the Jaguars and then he brings in uh, his college savior quarterback Tim Tebow I kept waiting for Tebow to show up as well uh, in the stadium stampede so maybe they'll save him for the next pay-per-view I don't know if he makes the team Uh, but uh, (laughs) it's it's trust me when I say that Urban Meyer is a huge 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 deal in the football world and you will see this splashed all over the place that is a cool name Urban Meyer sounds like a wrestling name Yeah, it it absolutely does. And I would say if you don't know who Urban Meyer is, it's going to be very similar for the people who didn't know who Bad Bunny was, where you may not (laughs) know. You say I'm out of touch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like knowing who Bad Bunny is is probably more in touch than knowing who Urban Meyer is. But I'm saying he has a lot of fans out there and a lot of people know who he is. And he's not just some guy. To Chuck's point, I think that's going to be a big deal for them to have. Uh, Joey in the chat, by the way, says five hours is long, but it didn't feel like it. It's like a Marvel movie. It flew by best AEW pay-per-view since revolution before the pandemic. And I was a big fan of revolution myself. So high praise indeed there. Um, uh, but let's, uh, let's, Oh, I didn't see Uh, this one. Uh, Jody says opening riff of CM punk, uh, referring to most over. Ooh. What yeah, was that? I, I the that. cult of personality. The cult that's of personality. A, that's a wrong one. Oh, did they play that? Yeah. For oh, some... I completely missed that. Um, no, no, no. We're, no. We're going back to the themes, Raj. We're going back to the themes. Can anything stand up to Judas? Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, oh. I was like, you don't. You didn't know he came out to. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I did they play cult of personality <laughs> earlier in the night? Like, <laughs> that would have been odd. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, I would say the difference between that, if I could jump in, is I think that was more CM Punk was over, and that was his music as opposed to the music itself. But maybe I'm wrong. And again, I'm going from 2001, and uh, gosh, when that music hits and people just go nuts and they're singing the song, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that I'm forgetting, but that's it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got to be up there. Um, speaking of up there... 
We had an AEW World Championship match. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to really quickly say thank you to everyone who's joining us in the live chat and watching along and listening along, whether you're on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast later on. We appreciate you. If you could do us a big favor, hit the like button, leave a comment, subscribe, share with your friends, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated. But let's talk about the championship, the AEW World Championship Kenny Omega, Pack, and Orange Cassidy. Kenny walks in literally draped in gold and carrying the burden of being a multiple champion into a match with multiple opponents that each added their own seasoning to the main event, Stu. Much like Infinity War took multiple characters and multiple movies with multiple storylines and somehow made them all work together without sacrificing what made each of them unique, the same could be said about Kenny Omega's forbidden door traversing champion of champion style to Pac's intensity and ruthless desire to win at all times and at all costs and Orange Cassidy's whatever. After <laughs> lots of shenanigans, Kenny Omega retains. Uh, Chuck, we have a big retention after a lot of out, out of the uh, ring stuff happens. How did you feel that this match held up after such a big show previously? Man, you know, uh, I ordinarily am not a fan of so many false finishes, but in this case, it really, really, really worked. And going back to your point about Kenny bringing all of the gold to the ring, I was so glad that he put each one of those belts to work in this match. It really hammered it home. And Raj, like, were you thinking just for a split second, like, holy crap, are they really going to put the belt on Orange Cassidy? I swear I thought that for a half of a second, man. I, I thought they did a good job. I, I mean, I figured Omega was winning. I, di I didn't think that uh, he was dropping the title. Uh, just because I know how much Tony Khan cares about championships and, and uh you know, keeping it on. But, you know, they did, they did do a lot of great false finishes. I, I thought there were too many false finishes on the show. Every match had them, which after a while, it's just like one, two, shock face. At some point, you know, it gets old. Like, have a couple matches where that doesn't happen. Um, but I thought this match was great. I, I, I did think, uh, I hate triple threats. I hate that uh, you can knock out the referee, beat the shit out of the referee, and you can still win the match. Like, there is a part of me that respects, like, winning, you know, like, a, a title changing um, over, a, over a, whatever, a clean win or whatever you want to call it, over a real pinfall, uh, the champion getting beat. And uh, I, I think Triple Threats just find a way to get out of that. I've never been a fan. I hated ECW for introducing Triple Threats. They're the ones that did it. Pop Fuck Paul Heyman for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I've always I've always found the storytelling best with one on one. Uh, but you know, AEW they did it, uh, and Omega still won, so they didn't uh, cheapen the process, in my opinion. So I thought it was good. My, my, to your point, the only, my only gripe is if you're going to go that far to cheat to retain, why don't you just have all your chums come out in the very beginning, wipe everyone out, right. and get the win? And just use a knife and just start stabbing people. <laughs> There's no rules. 
<laughs> I, <was, laughs> I want to make fun of that, but Wardlow did try to stab Jake Hager <laughs> later on. So. There was attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> While the ref just it. watched. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, wait a second. <laughs> no one said, maybe this is too far, uh, by the way. Uh, so, um, by the way, uh, in the chat, uh, Tim says Rich Eisen already retweeted the clip of Urban. So there it is. Uh, yeah. there it, there's the start of it. So um, I, I wish I was in the room and they were explaining to Urban Meyer this what he was going to be a part of tonight. And I wish <laughs> I hope that he was like, I have no idea what's going on. But OK, you're well, the he, boss. <laughs> he can be such a showman at times. Like, I'm sure that he just kind of ate this one up and, and did the Cassidy like eh, whatever and just had fun with it. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of. Uh, who he is but speaking of Cassidy though I, I mean like his stock despite taking the loss here did not take a hit at all as a matter of fact I think that his stock rose with this performance and I really think that moving forward you know he's he's still got big and bright things on the future whether or not he's ever going to be a world title holder uh, I don't know but for tonight he certainly shined yeah, that was something that I had in my notes, too. I, the fans really wanted Orange Cassidy to win this thing. I mean, they were really behind him winning this thing. And I think that in the long term, even though this is an L for him, in the long run, it's a win. Because I think he basically showed the world everyone wants to see him win the big one at some point. And whether or not he does, that'll be, will be, that'll be seen. But I think you have to look at it as a win for him, showing that he can hang with the very top of the company and still have the crowd very actively behind him. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it, this was a weird one because there was no story going into it, right? Like, they hadn't been building it before this match was announced. It was just kind of thrown together. Because um, really, I mean, the one that they had kind of hinted at was Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. And mm -hmm. they kind of went away, and then just out of nowhere, it's like, okay... Uh, it's Orange Cassidy, and then they added Kenny uh, uh, Pac. But, you know, uh, it was, I mean, they got the crowd going. There's nothing negative you, really, you could really say. It was a great match, and it was, it was awesome. So that said, it looks like, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the way this ended, that we could definitely see whether it be Orange Cassidy, Pac, Two, whether it be Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega down the line one on one, whether it's Pac, Kenny Omega one on one. I think this match actually opened up a lot of things for the world title situation in AEW. Now we'll get to his next challenger in a little bit, but uh, Chuck, as far as the next contender goes, this, I feel like they, they still look like contenders, do they not? I, I think so. I mean, especially Cassidy. I, I don't know where you go with Pack at this point, um, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, where where do you go? I mean, we, we can talk about Jungle Boy, as you said, in, in just a little bit. But I honestly kind of, when that match was over, I was like, there's still a lot of meat on this bone. You know, there's still more of this story that they could absolutely tell. It wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Freshly Squeezed still, still in the picture here, at least for a little bit longer. In AEW, they do have this core of fans of about 100,000 fans that are going to buy whatever. There is nothing right now, if you did a straight one-on-one -on -one match, that I see being a big draw um, as far as Omega's next. I mean, there's, you know, there's, I mean, do you see anything being a, a ratings changer or, or moving numbers? I, I, I just don't see it. So 
they can keep doing uh, Orange Cassidy and and uh, they can do a singles feud. It, it, it doesn't really matter because it's not like they have a big, huge match on the horizon that they need to get to. Right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of meat on the bones, before we got to the end of the show, uh, or actually I should say uh, we have uh, Trey is balding, stellar Justin Lopez. Uh, Trevor Lawrence should have been in the room as well. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know who that is. Who is that? Their quarterback. <laughs> their new quarterback. Their quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so he should have been in the room. They should have said all the, all the Jaguars in there, the whole team. I know Tom Brady. Tom Brady should have been in there. <laughs> that would make sense. Um, it is Florida. Yeah. And then uh, Carmine says five and a half hours too long for a predictable show. AEW has to stop signing guys that have WWE on their resume and push within the talented company uh, and push within their talented company. Um, that actually leads me to what I was going to talk about next. Uh, we got a new signing, uh, going to be an analyst for Rampage, uh, going to be a coach as well. We have the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. He is all elite. I love this signing. Uh, Raj, how do you feel about them getting the world's strongest man? It's funny. I tweeted like in January at that Raw Legend show, everyone that was humiliated is now the AEW. And, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, there it's funny. There was a story where Paul Heyman uh, was talking with TNA back in this was like 2012 about signing with them, and he said, You want to have a legend, that's fine, but you have one, you know, you got to push your Bobby Roode, you got to push your James Storm, your beer money, but you have your one legend where there's Hulk Hogan, Sting, but you only have one. AEW has too many now. Like no one remembers that Paul White is with AEW until you know they bring him on. It's not like he's made any difference. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's I like I love Mark Henry. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's uh, an inspirational story. Uh, just and just even now, the amount of weight he's losing and getting in shape and and putting that all online, I love him. But I think there comes a point where you don't want to seem like you're the retirement home for WWE guys. I, I agree with that. Part of me, though, thinks that you, you still you're going to bring in these names where uh, it's going to appease the folks over at Warner, right? So you're going to have these names, and and the thought process there is that hopefully then you can attract some of the WWE audience, which these shows appear to be more discreet audiences, unique audiences than people would would think. So. Is Mark Henry going to drag some WWE fans over? Probably. Is it going to be enough to move the needle? Probably not, but it does go to film, uh, familiarity, and I think that that's something that the salespeople could use to say, hey, man, we got a lot of these WWE guys, and the sponsors may not yet know AEW by name. So from a business standpoint, if you can still attach WWE to it somehow, it may help bring some sponsors on board. That's kind of my philosophy there, but I do agree with you 1,000%. You don't want to keep bringing in these retreads and make it a retirement home. That would be a real, real, real problem. But do you think these advertisers know Mark Henry or Big Show? Like, I, think, they, like I feel like they know like a Steve Austin or The Rock or, you know... They do, but I mean, they don't, but WWE, because you can attach that right. name to them, that's where the value really comes in. Now you could, you could just say the big show because we have Paul White, you know, uh, I don't know. 
it just feels i don't know I, I, I again i'm a big mark henry fan it just seems like it, when he came out i was like uh he got a big pop it was a surprise because mark henry always felt like a wwf lifer mm-hmm. like he he just seemed like someone you you would never see uh drift away but at the same time it's like and same thing with paul white it hasn't made any effect so why bring them in when you can focus on your own talent i guess i don't know I think uh, for me, especially because they're coming in as, as analysts primarily and coaches, I think it just lends credibility to what AEW is. If you don't know who AEW is, if you're a wrestling fan who's maybe a casual fan and you're just flipping through, you might say to yourself, this is the quote unquote smaller company, the less known company. But then when you see these guys who were former champions at different places, even if it's just on commentary, it's sort of like an endorsement of the company mm-hmm. that they are somebody in something, I think, to the casual fan. That's just my my thought on it. And to that point, Mark Henry actually does have a great eye for talent. He has brought in a lot of people, uh, recruited a lot of people in that, uh, you know, that he he saw something in, and 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 we're seeing the difference. Jade Jade Cargill is one of them, right? And it's uh something I want to say real quick about the uh, the former WWE guys. Something that gets on my nerves is when people say all AEW does is sign former WWE guys. I think that's where all the stars have been for 20 years. Where else are they supposed to find the right. biggest names? They're all they, that's where they've been. So of course they're all old WWE guys. But I digress. That's a separate thing. Let's read some. Uh, let's read some super chats. Uh, Peter uh, Bahi says currently loving Omega. Not sure why I LOL when Omega hit the ref. When he couldn't get to pack, great pay-per-view, fans returning, pandemic over. Let's go. I love it. Um, and then we also have um, – we have uh, – Oh, sorry. Black- I'm not keeping up. Uh- we have uh, – yeah, we got a little bit behind here. Uh, we've got uh- – wow, we got a bunch of them. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm scrolling through. <laughs> let's, go with J- let's go with Jax uh, here so, on the screen. Uh- I'll I'll, I'll shoot him on the screen. Having guys like Henry, White, or older talent can benefit the hell out of the product with experience backstage from Jax. Uh, Chris, by the way, also had said before that, I think, uh, Hangman versus Omega will be big. Uh, Danny California says Adnan Verk will be in AEW (laughs) by years. God help us all. (laughs) No, no. Uh, And then uh, Black Saw Johnny Hex says, Guess what? WWE is coming back in July 24th to Pittsburgh. It sucks. It's not a TV taping. Yeah, I mean that's uh, they're coming to Denver the night after SummerSlam, and it's uh, it's not a TV taping. It's a house show, which I I, I actually haven't been to a house show in about 20 years. So yeah, I'm, I'm debating. Like I'm I'm jonesing to get out, but I yeah. don't know if I want to go to a house show. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, it felt like with them being so profitable, not doing house shows, that they would maybe lay off of them. But I guess, well, they're coming back, so you got you got to figure that they're going to do some of these just because there's going to be that pent up interest there. People haven't been out of the house; they're going to be wanting to go, whether it's a house show or a TV taping or not. I think that Raj, I think that the super show that they're billing it as is going to be fun. I'd say go to this one, skip the next. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm gonna. Uh, go. I, I I I gotta go. I need and, to get out. I, I'm, yeah. I'm. I I just started an Instagram. Everyone, uh, <laughs> Instagram.com/slash Raj Gary W I N C. I have gained yeah. so much weight over this past six months, <laughs> and I'm gonna chart it. This is gonna get me motivated. I have eight. Uh, I, I'm at 178 pounds. I'm gonna get to 166. 
by July 10th. I got I believe you. in you. I got you. Just What's hit on? me up anytime, man. I'm going to yeah. work out like a beast starting Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> the best day to start is the next day. Uh, Bid Moon says Mark Henry is a great addition to the 13-man booth as well. Uh, and then Peter says was hoping to see Mark uh, Brunel tonight in the chat. And then uh, I think that was... I think that's have... that's it. That's deep football reference right there. I appreciate <laughs> that guy. <laughs> uh, and then I think we are caught up on all the super chats. So, um, but we had talked a little bit about WWE, and I want to take a quick diversion to some new stuff and talk about SummerSlam, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, they had announced that it looks like it's going to be August twenty first in Vegas, and there's also news that. Maybe Cardi B is going to be hosting. I'm not the journalist here, though. I get all my news from Wrestling Inc. Uh, Raj, tell us about the news of of SummerSlam. I mean, so clearly something's going on, like where they haven't officially announced the location. Originally, it was supposed to be Saturday night in Vegas. That's what the the stadium wanted. Now, uh, with the Pacquiao fight, the same night in Vegas... uh, all of a sudden, now they're not announcing it. So, I don't know, man. I think they're going to move it. I don't think it's going to be in Vegas. Um, we'll see if it happens. But uh, doing it the same night as a Pacquiao fight, it just seems... It it, it doesn't make sense, I guess. Um, and really, it, it, you would think they'd move it to Sunday uh, if you got a Pacquiao fight on Saturday, regardless of being in the same city. So... Um, yeah, what was the original thought process behind moving it to a Saturday anyway? Was there some sort of logistical issue there, or they just thought more people would watch on a Saturday? Yeah, I think the ticket sales. Like, they were, there would be a lot more ticket sales on a Saturday night in Vegas. A tourist attraction, you get people in Saturday night. It's the thing to do, um, again, before Pacquiao. And where is SmackDown the night before? Is that Phoenix? Yeah, so it's Phoenix, then... But, you know, obviously, uh, they could move. Those shows aren't as important, so they could move them around as needed. Um, but, yeah, Phoenix the night before. That one they can't move around. But the, the next night in Denver, they can they can cancel that if they wanted to because that's just a house show. Well, I'm just wondering if they could put that over in the Cardinal Stadium out there in Phoenix. So you have SmackDown in the arena and then uh, SummerSlam in the, in the football stadium the following night. I right. I mean, they did. I don't the, know if there's a preseason game that weekend there or not, but that to me would make a lot of sense. And you're not competing for right? the audience. And they did the Royal Rumble in Phoenix just like a, two years ago, right, at that baseball stadium. So they could always do that. Yeah, it's not as hard to sell out because it's like forty thousand tickets as opposed to seventy. Right. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, let's uh, let's get back into some uh, eight. One oh. more thing here. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Trey Trey is balding. Stellar Justin Lopez. Uh, listen, if SummerSlam is in Vegas, I'm there. If the show's bad, at least we can go down to the Strip and to a casino <laughs> and get drunk and forget about it. Uh, there have been. That, that's many a forgetful night in Vegas that I've had. <laughs> that's how I handled the Seahawks losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl uh, a few years back. Uh, Black saw Johnny Hex says, "Any idea on the new sets?" And I hope they change the Raw theme. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here here's the gist of it. I mean, it's gonna look the ultimately it's gonna look the same. Right. It, it's all differences. 
You get used to it within a week. It doesn't make a difference with ratings and things like that. The problem with WWE, in my opinion, is I look at AEW tonight watching that show and it just felt organic and just seeing the fans. And when you have too many LEDs, it takes away from that. It takes away from that organic feel, in my opinion. Uh, You don't see an NFL game where there's like the the posts are just lighting up and the the sidelines are lining up. It's fine to have the lights and everything, but there has to be a limit and WWE overdoes it. It looks like a video game. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think they need to tone it down. It just takes away. You can't do an intense angle when there's freaking LEDs flying all over the place. Yeah, I always say I think WWE is almost too well produced. It's too much. You need a little bit of that like like it's not perfect. There needs to be a little bit of that uh, shine rubbed off to make it feel. Yeah, it's it's a show about guys beating the shit out of each other, right? Right. That's what wrestling ultimately is. Right. And when there's stuff flashing all over the place, it takes away. Right. It's too much. But McMahon has always had that vision that WWE is about making movies, right? So it's pure Hollywood. So there's not going to be a lot of room in his mind for that gritty kind of a feel to it. You know, I'm not saying take it all the way back to ECW, but I think, like you said, like AEW does a really, really good job of just, it's really well produced, but at the same time, it has that organic with just a hint of grit to it that kind of makes it perfect. And it's not this slickly overproduced stuff, man. But you're talking about all these LEDs, guys. And all I can picture in my head if I close my eyes is the damn Thunderdome, which to me, after tonight, just seems so freaking dated. And Raj, I am so sorry you have to do those podcasts, man. (laughs) I had tweeted, who wants to take my spot? I can't go back to the Thunderdome after watching tonight. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, Raj. (laughs) (laughs) Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I know. So let's let's get back to uh, let's get back to double or nothing. We have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky taking on Sting and Darby Allen. Darby Allen coming out in the Stinger's face paint. Now I've heard people complain about the age of wrestlers and say they need to retire or stay out of the ring, whether it's an Undertaker or a Goldberg or whoever. And I respond with this, and I'm going to say this about Sting and all those other legends. Let them go as long as they want to. If Sting wants to get in a ring until he's 103 years old, I say give Sting 103 years of wrestling. This was everything you'd want from something like this. Darby getting thrown around like a rag doll that you hate, and therefore you throw it around. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky being underhanded, no good nicks, and Sting just being a majestic legend with a nitro-fueled hot tag and a flashback, Stinger Splash, Scorpion Deathlock, and a smooth-as-butter cut reversal to a Scorpion Death Drop. This is pro wrestling, folks. I love it. Woo! <laughs> Bro, I, your script is on point, man. I'm I'm absolutely loving this, man. Like I'm ready for you to leave my you know voicemail message. This is just fantastic. Keep going all day, man. Yeah, I got nothing to say after that. <laughs> uh, I thought this was fantastic. I I can't imagine. Like I feel like I want to see now Scorpio Sky versus Sting. I want to see Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. I want to see all sorts of stuff. Uh, Raj, I'll start with you. I guess. Uh, how do you feel about Sting wrestling uh, this late into his career? I, I, you know, I tweeted this out. Uh, there's a dad in me. <laughs> and granted, <laughs> Sting is 16 years older than I am. <laughs> but it's just like I worry about his health. He's got spinal stenosis. He's taking these bumps. 
I just hope he's always okay. I, I, you know, I, I've lived too long to see too many people get seriously injured. Um, but I thought this match was, uh, they designed it perfectly. I thought it was great. Um, Sting looked great. I, you know, I, I, I can't complain. I thought Sting looked awesome. I, I just was watching this and I'm like, man. And I, I had even tweeted this out. How much money did WWE leave on the table by not doing Sting versus The Undertaker? So much money. Mm-hmm. So much money. That would, yeah. I mean, not even, WrestleMania is going to do huge regardless. But if you did it at a, uh, July WWE whatever you call it uh, uncensored or vengeance or whatever you call it great balls of fire I think yeah great balls of fire oh, uh that's a difference maker and they it could have been huge and they Vince just never saw it and it's uh it's unfortunate because you see Sting he still matters you saw with that crowd when he got in the ring he was doing his spots people love Sting. And um, you know, watching the Warrior Docs, and we'll we'll get into the Warrior Docs later. Sting was always a class act, and he's he kind of reminds me of Roman Reigns right now. When I talk to any wrestlers, I never hear negative stuff about Roman Reigns, and that's kind of how it was with Sting. I would never hear people talking bad about Sting, or I mean, it was very seldom. And uh, he was just one of those guys that was just chill, had everyone's respect, and he's still here. Man, he's he's the man, you know. And just seeing him out there doing his thing, getting to go out on his terms, it's just cool to see. And I, I love the way that just like right at the top of the match, he knew that there were going to be all those doubters out there. So what does he do? The flying cross body off <laughs> of the casino chips, right? And he was just like right away, man, I still got it. And the crowd during the match, you still got it. You know, like it was it was really fantastic. And then just it was so nostalgic to see the Scorpion Deathlock, yeah. the Stinger Splash, the Scorpion Death Drop. Like it was it was kind of like taking a trip in the Wayback Machine, but at the same time, you've got all of this new talent in the ring with him. So, And that kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier as far as retreads, but what AEW is doing really, really well that Impact did not back in the day was still elevating your younger talent, the guys that need to come up. Really, the star of this match was Darby Allen, even though Sting eventually you know, got the win for the team here. Darby Allen is the guy that you're going to remember in this match. I really think that they do such a good job of using the familiar faces to elevate the younger talent, man. And that's what gives me optimism for AEW moving into the future. I, uh, I'm just going to, from a personal standpoint, I was a WCW guy till the bitter end. And so it hurt so much when they got bought and then just cast aside. And so there's a part of me that feels a little vindicated that the stinger is still crushing it at this age. But I mean, I mean, he just looked great. I didn't think there was any moments where it felt like people were slowing down for him or doing anything to like, kind of, you know, help him out. It seemed like he was just doing great, but you're, you know, Chuck, to your point, all the other guys look like a million bucks also. And I think, like I said, a Scorpio Sky Stinger match, I think an Ethan Page I want to see more of. I think everyone benefited from this, and it was great and all around good stuff. Um, yeah, I, Sting looked great. He's a uh, legend. Absolutely. Uh, 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 Jax Collins uh, in the chat says, uh, my view, AEW is your new kind of attitude era. Saying that lightly, WWE is your cartoon network wrestling, and it's just too familiar of the past. Yeah. Uh, 
WWE, they are stuck in their formula. And they can't get out of it. And right now, part of that formula is repeating matches over and over and over again. Which, it just... When you're like... Watching the show and you're like, is did I watch this show like two weeks ago? Uh, they're they're just stuck in this. I uh, uh, God, I don't even know what to say. Just just rut, I guess. And uh, I don't see it changing. I mean, they were in there pre-pandemic. It's a safe spot to be in. They're making tons of money by not taking any risks, and that's kind of where they're at. I hope they get out of it because. It sucks to watch three hours on a Monday night when almost every match you've seen before. Absolutely. Right. WWE, it's it's like a treadmill, right? They're running, they're running, they're running, they're running, but they're really not going anywhere. No, it's, it's the same. Like, it is the exact same night in and night out. And, you know, I think that maybe they're playing it safe just for business reasons, too. I, I'm not sure that this is all 100% creative. I think that this is business-driven, man. But, my God, I mean, it's just so refreshing to watch anything other than wwe right now yeah um uh gaming sage pro says if sting can do this five to ten times a year i'm happy i agree i think he's doing great uh but steve says i don't care how good sting looked he's 60 push page i feel like page got a good uh, ethan page if we're talking about ethan page in this match uh i think i think ethan page still looked good at the end i feel like he's came off looking Dude, he tossed but, Darby Allen into the freaking crowd, like over the guard. Right. Yeah, should we talk about that now? I mean, that yeah, was when Bam Bam Bigelow did that to uh, Spike Dudley. Bam Bam Bigelow was twice his size. Ethan Page has maybe fifty pounds on uh, on uh, on uh, uh, Darby uh, Allen, so it's like that's strong as hell. You know, yeah. like for me, that'd be like eh, I guess. Yeah. So. I could do that, actually. <laughs> One of the few I, could, I could throw people around. <laughs> I don't could throw me, someone 120 pounds. Don't, don't make me prove it, but... <laughs> i tell you, though, like, I, I did get worried, though, for a second with Darby when he got tossed and his leg clipped that guardrail. Oh, yeah. And I just... What I thought of immediately was a few years ago when TK O'Ryan, if you remember that name, and Ring of Honor broke his yeah. leg on that pay-per-view. I was like, uh. oh, my God. But he's okay, man. Yeah, yeah. I think every yeah, I think everyone came out looking better for this. And Sting getting the win, I think, just l- makes him valuable in the future. I think if he lost, then we'd be done with him. But if he won, now I'm ready for a rematch. Now I'm ready for something else. Because yeah, it's, it, it's such an interesting thing. We'll we'll get into Warrior again later. But the Taylor two careers with him and Warrior, they started out together. Um, both became superstars. Both were are legendary, uh, but so different yeah uh ryan says i stopped watching wwe because they are so stale um i've heard that before <laughs> it's tough man raw is tough yeah, raw is and a then, chore. uh zook enigma says the entire pay-per-view was awesome much love jack thank you Zook. Ah, i appreciate that ah. um well then, why not us why not <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, Chuck, you I gotta carry these two. I gotta carry these two. But speaking of much love, let's go to the AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker, DMD versus Hikaru Shida. Dueling chants show just how beloved both these competitors are. Great back and forth throughout this one with amazing near falls, especially after the crutch shot from Rebel. 
Once the crutch shot happened, though, this match got really hot with near falls and big moves, and eventually the chosen one, Dr. Britt Baker, clamps down the lockjaw, and for the first time in a year, we can say, and new women's champion, Britt Baker. Uh, Chuck, DMD was one of the biggest crowd responses of the show. How did you feel about Britt Baker, and how did you feel about the, the match she put on to win the championship? Absolutely love this thing. It was her time to shine. And I tweeted this during the show. It, it, I mean, like, forget the fact that this is pro wrestling, right? What Britt Baker and uh, Hikaru Shida did tonight, they fast track gender equality for all of sports, right? I didn't even think for one second that I was watching a women's wrestling match. I was watching a wrestling match and a damn good one at that. These two left everything in the ring and Britt baker i mean this was her crowning moment and everybody knows that this is her division now no doubt about it Britt baker became a bona fide star tonight i will use superstar i'm not going to use it in the wwe sense but a straight up wrestling superstar this is Britt baker's moment she deserved it and they worked their ass off yeah raj how do you feel i mean i agree a hundred percent i i feel like um you know, I, I uh, with you know at, at times when uh, we like to label the men's championship women's championships, but I thought this match, um, it it felt like it could have been the main event. Like I thought, Britt Baker has been a star in the making. She has been getting over by herself. She has made her character um, just. Over and over and over. And I, I, I just feel like her and MJF, just if you build your character, you skip to the front of the line. And she mm-hmm. has been doing that. And not only that, but her wrestling has been amazing. I remember her first heel promo with Tony Schiavone last year. And I remember, I was like, I was like, man, she's just not, she just doesn't have it. She's a natural baby face. She can't do it. And then she just got better each and every week and just became in my opinion, superstar. And I think she's there. Um, and this, I thought she, it should have been later in the show, but I thought she did an amazing job. There were some botches, whatever, you know, but I thought uh, the, this was my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I thought this was later in the show. And then I realized there were still a lot more matches. <laughs> yeah, when it happened, I was like, oh my God, this show is going to go on freaking ever <laughs> I, kept, I kept thinking one of the matches was, was going to be really short to make up for time but you know they didn't do that <laughs> they, yeah they all delivered this is where i want to say i think sometimes as wrestling fans we we want to do as uh, you know dave patista and that give me what i want and we want something to happen right away and we get so frustrated that we don't get what we want right away but then when it happens, it's so good. And I think people have wanted Britt Baker to be the champion for so long. And they've been saying, why isn't she the champion? Why isn't she the champion? But the fact that we waited to get it until now made it feel so much better, I think, than if we had gotten it nine months ago uh, no or much. right when she started going off. You know what I like, too, is that Tony Schiavone, for whatever reason, uh, Decided to do the hug and stuff at the end, which is just kind of kept buries the whole storyline of her <laughs> being a dick to him this whole time. But she didn't overdo it. She wasn't crying. And, you know, she just kind of did her own thing. So I, I did like that, that she didn't kind of fall into that. Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, that's fine if you want to congratulate her on her big moment. 
but she's been a heel. Don't do it, you know, in front of fans where her whole character has been this asshole heel. So did either of you catch what WWE put up on Instagram yesterday or, well, I guess it's yesterday for me at this on point. On YouTube? Uh, yeah, the Britt Baker, uh, match against Nia Jax when they just basically jobbed Britt out a while back. That was <laughs> oh. not by coincidence. No. Uh, that, that was, uh, that was some shade thrown, but, uh, I mean, jokes on them at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know what? I, I like it when the wrestling companies go at each other. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> there was that time. I don't know if you guys, this is going way back. But uh, Vader uh, had assaulted this guy in Kuwait, this talk show host. And so WWE decided to give Vader this renewed push. And then WCW opened Nitro. And they just had these clips of just Hogan kicking the shit out of Vader. Like all these old <laughs> clips of Hogan beating up Vader. <laughs> and it was just, it's so petty. It's so dumb. But it was just so humorous. I love it. I think it's so fantastic. I like what Tony said in that video about working with New Japan. I love it when they poke fun at each other. Uh, Chris says, if Riddle was at home watching Darby get thrown, you think he said, bro, I just saw a flying wrestler. <laughs> Would, wouldn't shock me. And then yeah. we also have... Uh, uh, Gaming Sage Pro says the only real issue with AEW right now is a lack of baby faces in both the women's and tag division. Ooh, that's uh, a good point. It's a lot of it's heel heavy. I I feel like with the women's division, um, it, they have what they need. I, they just it feels like they don't get time very often. And so, uh, not that she's a, a face, but like Abaddon, for instance, shows up, is beating people, gets a title shot, and then disappears. Then she's gone. Same with like Big Swole. Same with uh, a number of other people. That um, what was the name of the uh, who won the um, the women's breakout uh, tournament a while back? For shot at uh, Sheeta. See, I can't even remember because the, there just... was the tag team where uh, Ivelisse and uh, Diamante yeah. won. Yeah, they well, they won and then disappeared. Well, I mean they're on like dark. Well, they're not uh, Ivelisse got released, um, but. Uh, no, they did one where it was like half like Japanese wrestlers and half American right, wrestlers. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who won that one because they got a shot and I think just disappeared as well. Shit, I should know this. The fact that we don't, <laughs> the fact that we can't remember is the someone in the chat. No one in the chat knows either. <laughs> so it's weird how it's like, yeah, people show up and they they like get going. Uh, Ryu, Ryu Mizunami apparently. Yes, that's that's who it was. Uh, yeah, so that's I think kind of the big issue is that they have these people and they're great, but then they don't stay on tv for whatever reason and i don't know the reasoning but right i think that's more of the issue than not necessarily having the people i think they just don't get the tv time are you more optimistic though that the women may see a few more minutes on tv now that you've got brit as the champion i think we might i think we might i because every time though like the women are in a big spot they deliver i mean thunder rosa uh brit baker crushed it was great um but oh, I was gonna say, uh, Red Velvet was another one that had a big moment and yeah. sort of disappeared. But Jade uh, Cargill, she's she. I mean, she just comes across as a total superstar. I think uh, they 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 put they have this bad habit of putting the women in the death spot, like WWE used to do on a pay per view, where it's before the main event. It's almost like a cool down uh, spot. So hopefully that changes. I think. Yeah. Britt's got the charisma. She's got personality. Hikaru Shida was a, an amazing wrestler, an amazing talent. 
Um, I don't know if she had the uh, the overall charisma to get people as invested as Britt Baker will. Yeah, Britt Baker will definitely sell that division and make it basically every time somebody has a match with her, I think she's going to make it must-see TV. So yeah. no that's doubt. always good. Uh, I Am Error says uh, P&P are now faces. They will beat the Bucks or Dio. Um, I'm guessing Proud and Powerful are now faces, so they will beat the Bucks or Dark Order? Uh, I don't know who Dio is off the top of my head. Dark uh, Order needs to... I, I think they had a, a chance to strike in a weird way, um, but I think now hmm. it just feels way underneath. and hmm. uh, I, I don't uh, think it's doing Hangman, Hangman Page any favors. Uh, I'll just I, put it that way. Yeah, I wonder if they're kind of stuck where they can't just like break them up now because it'll feel weird. Right. But they, yeah, you can't have them be heels, but yeah, they're they're kind of in a weird spot right now. But um, uh, Peter asks Tony Khan, Nick Khan, or <laughs> Chaka Khan. Uh, I go Chaka Khan uh, yeah. <laughs> in that one. Um, let's speak. Let's 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 go ahead and keep on chatting about AEW uh, Double or Nothing. We got a lot to get to. Lance Archer versus Miro. Like a lot of these matches, it started off fast as we saw what would happen if a bear ever fought a bull or if Thanos ever fought Galactus or if Samson ever fought Goliath. Miro slowed things down to his pace and made it a methodical beat down, and Lance Archer was happy to oblige as Jake came out and tried to snake Miro, but Miro threw Damian Jr., and Miro almost got a choke slam for it. But eventually, the TNT champion locked in the game over, and the Murder Hawk monster passed out. Uh, Chuck, I want to ask you first: uh, What's next for Lance Archer after another loss in a big spot? Man, you know, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, for real, I, I don't know because you look at what happened to Jake Roberts tonight too, right? He got punked out in a in a big way. And granted, he's old, but. I would like to see a little bit more fight from him. He's associated with Archer. He gets punked out. Archer goes down as well. And I mean, like, I don't know. He's he's really kind of in the spot now where he's just going to fall down the card and it's going to take some retooling for him to climb back up. I don't... I, your guess is as good as mine, man. And I've been covering wrestling here for 15, 20 years and I have no idea what to do with this guy at this point. He's kind of becoming like the cane of uh, AEW mm. in a lot of ways, where he's right. he's big and scary, but then whenever he's in that shot, he doesn't quite win it. He's uh, not he's not quite interested. Do you think it's because he's not winning these big matches though? No, I, I don't. No, I never I, feel like when I hear threat. his promos, it's just like you know, like it's just it's not like something that gets me invested. And I think he's a great guy, and he has the look, the size, but something's missing and it doesn't get you sucked in it doesn't get you hooked in and uh he's missing that he's missing that equality and yeah um, do you think that that's why they put jake roberts with him in the first place because, i do and yeah. it just never came out and i think jake roberts has lost a lot mm. like he's not the same promo he used to be he sounds Old. I, I I don't I don't I don't know what the right word is, but he just doesn't sound. He's not that great promo he was in '87. Well, I found that he's been cut off a lot. Like Archer would just like cut him off mid sentence. I he, I kind of feel like he wasn't being given an opportunity to cut a full blown promo. I've been noticing that the last. But I wonder if too. that's because uh, he can't do these promos. 
Like, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Um, so yeah, he's, um, he's definitely someone that, uh, I feel like if you are a, uh, it's hard to have those, like we're dangerous and we're going to speak in soliloquies and, you know, poems about beating you up when every time you're in a title match, you lose suddenly that, that the, the, you know, the value of that starts to go away, but, uh, got a couple super chats here. We have, um, uh, Gaming Sage Pro says Sting should be the new leader of the Dark Order. <laughs> oh, God. If you want to kill him quick. Yeah. Look, uh, when was the last time someone said the words Colt Cabana? <laughs> yeah. It's like no one, I, no one cares about the Dark Order. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's kind of overstayed its welcome a yeah. bit. Um, I mean, I liked him. I'm behind him. But like, yeah, I don't really know what, uh, you know. Me high, uh, the outcast kid says, Me high laughing, no snakes were harmed. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic, uh, what a fantastic moment when he threw the bag, though. Uh, Miro, uh, Miro is who can stop Miro right now? Does it, who do you guys think could be the guy to beat Miro right now? Oh, so I think they have done the best job of going from a disappointment to a badass as we've seen. Like, in, like, three months, they completely turned it around. Because Miro, three months ago, it was just like, you have just completely blown this character. He was You got this giant, ripped badass, and he's got blonde, frosted hair, and you're having him loving video games. And it just seemed like they just completely blew him. And, uh, and then he, they turned it around. All props to him. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where again, kind of going back to Britt, Britt Baker, we wanted this Miro from the beginning, but I feel like the weight makes him seem even more impressive to me personally. Uh, Chuck, how do you feel, or who do you think can beat uh, Miro? You know, it, the funny thing is, is uh, until tonight, I would have said that Jungle Boy would have been a great possibility here to get him one of those underneath titles just to elevate him a little bit. Uh, but it seems like they're going to fast track Jungle Boy here. So uh, I think that really it's kind of wide open. Uh, I think that there are quite a few possibilities for where they might want to go here. Um I, you know, I, I'm even wondering if they might want to take somebody from the inner circle and have him go after the title. Like you saw Sammy Guevara. I mean, he had himself a big night tonight, right? Is it time for him to get a little bit of gold, bring that into the inner circle? I think that that's actually a distinct possibility. So if I'm going to put any name to it right now, it's going to be Sammy. That's actually a great pick because Sammy getting the win tonight has to mean something big is coming for him. They can't just have him disappear into the crowd after a main event win at the pay-per-view like this. It's not, a, it's not an accident for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of, let's move on to Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. This was the most interesting match on the card in many ways due to the way it was built and has gone down. Uh, the American Dream entering with a robe that looked like it was taken from Homelander's closet. Uh, <laughs> and I like this new tights as well. Uh, Anthony Agogo, I don't know if you noticed this, but the Olympic logo on his tights is actually Agogo uh, repurposed to look like the Olympic uh, gold, uh, the Olympic logo, which I thought was pretty cool. The governor made a match out of it and looked great in the process. But in the end, uh, all of his tea was dumped into the ocean by Cody Rhodes, who got the win. Um, I know a lot of people were upset about this. I think a lot of people were hoping Anthony Agogo would get the win. Uh, but to me, I think this was the right 
way for them to go. I think Cody Rhodes is a face of the company kind of guy. I think he's, it'd be weird if some guy who just learned how to wrestle beat him. But uh, Chuck, let me get your opinion. What do you think about uh, this match and, and Cody Rhodes getting the win? Well, I, I don't think that there was any way in hell that Cody was going to lose this match on Memorial Day weekend. Like, that's just yeah. not going to happen. Uh, but uh, kudos to you for making a Tea Party reference just now. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's a solid history lesson there, my friend. Right. <laughs> well Thank done. You. I'm glad um, someone got it. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but uh, here's, here's the thing. So Agogo takes the loss here, but there's no question that this guy still has a very bright future. I thought that they really did a masterful job, even though he did the job here um again elevating him in that loss right he had a really strong showing but there's just no way that tonight was going to be his night on memorial day weekend but clearly he has something and aew sees this in him so this is a guy keep your eye on him i think within another you know six months or so he could be a guy that's in the picture for one of those underneath titles the tnt title something to that effect so um i, I think that this is good i'm wondering what's next for cody at this point i don't know where you go with him um but i i really like like this match i like what a go-go brought to the table as well yeah i thought that it was actually i was really impressed by how good a go-go was wrestling and some of the moves he had the olympic slam the frog splash and everything else um yeah i don't know what cody rhodes is gonna do next to your point because i guess there's just really no uh there I, I if he can't go for the title i don't i don't know if he just has another tnt title rematch or whatever but uh yeah i don't know what's next for him but raj how did you feel this about this match how it went down and all that good stuff kind of mixed um i i do think cody beats everyone he, he there is a triple h-ish kind of sentiment where it's true i mean when you look at it i mean uh all these guys that were coming up uh lance archer um uh and now with ogogo he, he just beats them before they've gotten a chance to get their steam um i don't know man i i didn't like it i i felt like i i get cody winning on memorial day but ugh, i don't know he's not i feel like cody hasn't made any stars interesting you don't think a go-go looks better after tonight no i think he's back to where he was it was just kind of uh what was there let me ask you this. Barring a win, is there anything that you would have said would have advanced Gogo, elevated him tonight? Yes, a win over Cody. Uh, well, I said barring. Oh. Over, uh, <laughs> which was yeah. not going to happen this week. Uh, yeah. uh, a win over Dustin, and then you go to Cody, you know, uh, and then you could have Cody beat him, but at least you get that. Again, why? I, I feel like the. Uh, when you go with the racism and xenophobia, and they're not, and I, I'm not saying AEW is doing that, but when you go with xenophobia, the the anti USA stuff, um, it just seems dated. And no one, I, I just feel like any educated fan does not think a go go really hates the USA, and the ones that do are the ones you probably don't want to appeal to. Because, you know, that's a scary bunch. They're the ones that are riding the Capitol. So, right. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like with politics and stuff, there is a fine line you want to cross. And, and, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like they shouldn't cross it, in my opinion. 
Yeah, this one did get, uh, I think, a lot of traction on social media because of that, whether good or bad. It seemed like a lot of people uh, were against Cody uh, because of this, at least what I saw in my Twitter timeline. Um, we, we, didn't, was- we did an interview with Ogogo, uh, and he was talking about the healthcare system in the UK, and it was like... <laughs> All positive. It was like all likes. Like yeah. no one had a dislike <laughs> on that. No. Uh, yeah, I was thinking if this is like a very subtle way that Cody's trying to turn, that would actually be. We may look at it as one of the better, more subtle ways it's ever been done. But uh, uh, Danny California in the chat says Cody Hurst Hemsley was never going <laughs> to lay down. In Cody's defense, if it was my company, I would be the champion for a hundred years. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kayla Mix says Cody looked old school Sting. Uh, I know that wasn't intentional though. Um, I could kind of see that. I thought yeah. it, it did. Like I said, it did look a little Homelander, but I thought it was kind of cool for the sake of what he was doing. Look, the the Homelander is awesome. By the way, <laughs> he's such a great character. I mean, <laughs> the best uh, TV uh, character. Uh, on a TV show, he's a good character. I would uh, the last three years, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with him, it, but he's a good TV character. Um, so that's a <laughs> speaking of characters, Casino Battle Royal happened. Lots of fun moments and lots of big names, and I could get into all the nitty gritty, but it comes down to three big things, in my opinion. How does the Casino Battle Royal compare to the Royal Rumble? Two, was Leo Rush a good joker, and will he be back in AEW? And three, Jungle Boy wins and gets an AEW world title shot. Uh, Raj, I'm going to ask you this first. Uh, The Casino Battle Royal, uh, I feel like the rules are kind of confusing. I wish they would just say we're going to copy the Royal Rumble and make it easy on us. How do you feel about just the way this whole thing is set up? I agree. Like, if you don't know cards... It's like, like, uh, you know, like all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. It, it is confusing. Uh, but I, I do got to think Leo Rush is not. I, I didn't think it was necessarily a bad choice, but the way he was eliminated made him seem like a scrum. So then it felt like a bad choice after he was eliminated. So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, not not like it made it feel like a bad choice, but it was a womp womp moment. Yeah, I think they sometimes build up that Joker spot a bit too much, because uh, then the the imagination gets going. You're like, is it Brock Lesnar? Is it CM <laughs> Daniel Bryan? Is yeah. the Rock showing up tonight? <laughs> and to be fair, they did not really build it up. Like it wasn't yeah. like they're you know going all over, being like, oh, who's gonna you know like there's a huge star that's gonna be the the entrant you know as the Joker. Um, so to be fair, it. They didn't hype it up too much, but I yeah. thought it was it was a fart in church. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I don't I don't know if they bring Leo Rush back. In all honesty, I think that had he been in there a little bit longer, I would be more inclined to say yeah. But I think tonight was just kind of like that. Oh, that's nice. There's Leo Rush. I think probably a lot of people watching hadn't seen him since he was in WWE. So, hey, surprise! Leo Rush is still in the ring. Um, I want to talk a little bit, though, about Jungle Boy, if you guys will entertain me here for a second. In my notes, 
Uh, literally just about two minutes before the end of the match, I wrote Jungle Boy, not quite ready to be true title contender, but this was a big step in the right direction. And then the crowd gets <laughs> really behind him and they start, you know, doing his theme. Then my next note was, oh, my God, if he didn't win, there would have been a Daniel Bryan Royal Rumble type situation here. And yeah. so it's a good thing that he did. I honestly thought and I'm sure that you guys did, too, that Christian was going to win here and mm -hmm. uh, go on and challenge for the title. But here you have Jungle Boy going right to the main event to go against Kenny Omega. I still think that this is too much too fast. But given the way that the crowd reacted tonight, I, I kind of think, well, maybe it's not as fast as or maybe it's not too fast for this. But I don't know. Then, Raj, you were just talking about don't always give the crowd what they want so soon because then it doesn't make it so great when it actually happens. So I'm kind of torn on this one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is the thing where there are things that please the crowd and there are things that draw money and that move numbers. Um, Jungle Boy is one of those things uh, where he has a cult following, but I don't see him challenging for a world title and that moving numbers. Right, uh, right now. Uh, that could change down the road, but... Um, you know, if the AEW crowd, I mean, Jesus Christ, if you ever say anything negative about AEW on Twitter, like, I could I could talk shit for hours on end about Raw, and it's just positive. Everyone's like, yes, yes, yes. But if I say one thing, if I say AEW started a minute late, and it's just like, well, that's what they wanted to do, and, you know, like, I mean, they have... Their fans are just, they will not hear it. So, Jungle Boy, um, he, I don't think will move numbers for a pay-per-view or uh, be a draw. But the crowd loves him. And that crowd loves him. Um, but he's not there yet. I will say... And Darby Allen is. And Darby Allen is one of the guys that AEW has been pushing, and he has been shown to to move numbers. I'll say, I went into this thinking... I agree, I thought Christian was going to win this. When he came out first, I was like, oh, he's going to be that guy that goes the, the distance. He's going to be the guy that goes from number one to winning it. But at the end, yeah, uh, Chuck, to your point, when I got to the last two minutes, I found myself just really behind Jungle Boy for some reason. And then when he did that like Jungle Vine kind of swing around the turnbuckle, I was all in on Jungle Boy. And then when he went one, I like audibly was like, yeah, like I, made, I by myself, like, yeah, I was cheering for him. I was so excited. Uh, Raj, I, I agree with you. I don't know if right now, if it was Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy at, uh, uh, double or, or a revolution or full gear or whatever, or all out. Uh, if it, I don't know if people really buy into that. I don't think he's going to win in two weeks, but what I do think it's going to do is get us used to seeing him in the ring with world champions right. and getting us to start changing our perception of where he's at. Perfect. He's got, he's got everything. He's got the charisma. He's got the look. He, he doesn't, you know, if it was WWE, he doesn't have the size, but for AEW. We'll see. I mean, it does look a little ridiculous if he's beating a Miro, but uh, or Brian Cage. But he has it all. Like he's got the package. So, 
And look, AEW really tried to elevate him as well, giving, you know, Christian going back in the ring after the match, raising his hand, giving him the hug, you know, saying like, hey, this is the next big star. So they they really did try to help him out in that regard. I just for the life of me, as much as I like this guy, he's super nice every time I've talked to him, but I just don't yet see him being a believable contender for that title. Maybe six months, maybe a year from now, we could be having a different conversation, but even though the crowd's behind him, even though I think that he's fantastic, I still don't see any chance in hell that he would take the title away from Omega right now. And that is my point, is sometimes what the fans like and and what they cheer for is not the same as what draws. And I, I don't see uh, Jungle Boy drawing right now. I will say, he is smaller in wrestling, but I bet if he was standing next to me in real life, I'd be like, dude, you're jacked. Like, it's, it's not just it's not just size. It's like uh, talking and building a, uh, a program and, and just cutting a promo. He's just not there yet. He's He'll get there. I mean, he's got it all, but he's, he's not like there yet. He's only like 24, right? He's still super young, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like that. So, yeah, he's got plenty of time anyways. Uh, the Outcast Kid says, when, who... Gets the factory its first pay per view win. Oh. That's a trick question. They're not going to get a pay per view win. <laughs> I, I'm off here. Oh, uh, and then we had. Uh, oh, yeah. We also had uh, the Outcast Kids say. Oh, wait. No, there's a few. Uh, well, on the screen, we have Trey is balding, Stellar, Justin Lopez. I thought they would wait for the first road show on July 7th to give him his title shot. Um, it says two weeks. So, yeah, I guess not. Um, and then we also have, uh, yeah, that's, uh, the outcast kids, uh, when, who gets the factory, it's first pay-per-view win, uh, gaming sage pro says Tony controlled WWE with Leo as he works mostly for new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, and then I got to ask you guys real quick. what do you guys yeah. think of uh, the Tony Khan promo the other night? Did not like, it. I mean, it's funny as hell, but I just kind of low rent, right? It was low rent. And I, I think that y- you want to distance yourself from the competition, not keep taking pot shots at them. Like it really does kind of cheapen the product. It plays right to the AEW faithful. But if you're, if you're a WWE guy and, and you're watching this, you're just like, why that that's, that's just some cheap BS right there. That's like an indie promotion trying to, you know, attach themselves to wwe and the last thing aew truly wants is to attach themselves to wwe but i think in essence by taking the shot like he did that's exactly what they did so funny as hell but i just don't see it helping at all i loved it i don't i know <laughs> i know it was. Uh, i loved it too <laughs> i know it was uh i get i get everything you're saying chuck and i kind of agree but there's this part of it. i love when people just like to twist the knife a little bit or yeah. or poke the bear a little bit i think it's fun i like it I, I thought it was low rent, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was entertained because I, I loved what Eric Bischoff would do that. It did yeah. seem like you're poking the bear. You're poking the number one. And then when WWE came back with the billionaire Ted skits, it was like, oh, shit. Like, all of a sudden, like, this is a real war. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can't wait to see the AEW tank roll up uh, to Titan Towers or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! The DX, the the AEW version of DX rolling in there. They have all like the screens. They have <laughs> yeah. all these screens coming up in the Thunderdome. Dude, just uh, send the inner circle up to Stamford. That could be the next big thing, right? Right. Uh, or uh, Tony Khan challenges Vince McMahon to a fight on pay per view. Oh would, my god! Even that, to this day, Vince would kick the shit out of Tony Khan. <laughs> I would think. To be fair, right? I think 
Vince could probably beat up a lot of people. But... I don't know, man. Vince, Vince actually hasn't looked good for a while. Who knows? I, I don't know. I feel like he still would take the suit but, off and have like the super chiseled, surprisingly buff body. Tony Khan on those promos when he's doing them, it's just like, ugh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, we have a good relationship with AEW, but man, those, he's just not. Uh, He's himself, yeah. man. He's himself. He's just having fun. You know, that's what it boils down to. So man, he's not a natural because here okay, here's my thing. I'm gonna get some crap on this on the chat and from the AEW faithful. But uh Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they're not natural heels in the sense that you believe that's how they really are. Like an MJF or uh uh jeez. Britt Baker, I feel like she she kind of presents right. that if you watch her, you kinda you believe that's how she really is. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are so over the top that it just comes off like the Miz to me. Yeah. Uh, where it's just not believable. It's just like he's a great wrestler. They're great wrestlers, but I don't believe it. I don't believe but, this character. And wrestling is about characters. Yeah, I, I I think they're I think they're fun. I enjoy them. Right. But yeah, I get I get what you're I get what you're saying. Um, and then real quick, Outcast Kid says Leo Rush uh, came out and I popped huge. He's amazing. I'm a fan of him as well. And uh, I think as far as the super chats go, we also had uh, I think that was all. Was of that them. it? Yeah, yeah. Tony controlled AEW. Leo Rush popped huge. And okay, cool. So, but we had talked about the Young Bucks here. Let's talk about this AEW Tag Team Championship. John Moxley and Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Uh, low rent. Remember Billionaire Ted? That's high rent. If you think about it. Uh, Eddie Kingston and the Young Bucks. <laughs> when they came out to Wild Thing, I damn near got emotional hearing the crowd sing along to, as John Moxley and Eddie Kingston just rode that wave of humanity to the ring where they faced the Young Bucks in a tag team classic that was a perfect example of Clash of Styles as the hard-hitting bruisers slugged it out with the hot-shot high flyers. I thought this match was over about nine times before it actually was with the big moments. Uh, But eventually, after not one, not two, not three, but four BTE triggers, we have our winners and still... The Young Bucks. Uh, Chuck, we'll have you take this one. Uh, first title match of the night. Uh, lots of near falls, lots of stuff going on. How'd you feel? I, I really liked it. And it, if you think about it, you know, it did kind of set the plate for the rest of the night with all of those near falls, all of those false finishes. Um, but man, you want to talk about a great match to kick things off. This was it. Um, and I mean, it was it was weird to me to see i had two thoughts right one was well it's weird to see the young bucks get booed so heavily but two it goes to show how good they actually are if they can get the aew to boot the aew faithful to boo the crap out of them you know that they're really doing something like just spot on and i thought that they did a good job telling the stories uh throughout the match and um my my only like half only half joking question here did nick jackson dye his hair to try to look like randy savage like that was my big takeaway initially from this i was like what the hell is going on there he looked Um, kind of weird he did he absolutely looked weird I I, thought, I liked it, but uh, I I thought it was fun. But uh, maybe maybe I'm different than everybody. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm never one to get on appearances because it's not like I'm 
a supermodel, kind of. <laughs> yes. But, uh... Well, you know, <laughs> uh, on the weekends. Yeah, on the weekends. Uh, but he, he, I don't know, man. He looked like, uh, maybe he looked like, kind of like, I don't know. He looked like his brother, I guess, maybe. But it, I don't know. He he was doing the Macho Man stuff. Exactly. Yeah, he definitely was. He was doing the point to the air and, and all that kind of stuff. So well. I don't know if he was trying to look like him, whatever. Because he looked, his hair looked darker. Is it, Was that just me? Or was that... Because he had it, the dark beard, and then his hair, to me, looked... It didn't look blonde like it usually had like is. a reddish tint to it. Yeah. He, yeah, he definitely did something to his hair. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was different. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was fun. Whatever. <laughs> it was a fun match. I thought this match was great. I love Eddie Kingston. I think John Moxley is outstanding. Um, I mean, it was everything you expected this match to be. Um, Eddie Kingston is another level of character and charisma. Um, this guy, man, you know, if he. <laughs> get it out Raj you'll feel it. better right. in, a, in, a, in a wrestling if he had the physique Vince McMahon would just completely oh, yeah. sign this guy you know but he doesn't have that aspect of it and uh, otherwise he'd be a superstar already because he has everything else Mm-hmm. To, to your point about the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, like Eddie Kingston, on the other hand, I believe 100%. Everything he says, everything he does, everything he's about, I'm, I'm all in with Eddie, King, Eddie Kingston whenever he does anything. He's so good on the microphone. I feel like he could read a phone book, and I'd be like, those phone numbers are in trouble when they meet Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, him and and John Moxley together, like they're both believable. They get their point across, but they seem like they're two bros having fun at the same time. So it's this cool dynamic they have together. You could tell they're not thrown together. You could tell like they are have history. You know, but right. do you think that they stay together now? Like they they went for the titles, they didn't win them. So where do they go from here as a tag team? That's the big million dollar question. I don't know if you can, if you're not going for the titles, what are you doing in, in at this point? I guess maybe they could have a rivalry with, uh, with like the, the good brothers, but that was uh, the other thing mm. is this was the match. Um, and maybe I'm mistaken, but this is the match where Carl Anderson ran down and, and Frankie Kazarian chased him off. Yep. Right. Yep. So that's a whole thing that happened. And I don't know how that's going to work into it. Cause otherwise I would think that it would be maybe, the Good Brothers versus Moxley and Kingston, but I don't know how Kaz fits into all that. That's that. That's a, a zero difference maker as far as interest goes. Like, no one cares about that match. You know what I mean? Um, this Impact thing, I still don't get the what AEW gains from it. I think it's dragged on far too long. I think that, you know, you, you're going to get that initial pop for a couple of weeks. Ooh, you know, we'll crossover. But then, like, it's just died. Like, they've been there every freaking week since then. It's just, like, it's not special anymore. And what has AEW gained? Nothing. Nothing. I've, I've Unless always... they're making a ton of cash on the, which I don't think Impact can afford. Uh, I don't think that's happening. So No, no. I've always, I've always said I feel like this is just them showing other companies like New Japan that they can work with other people and that they can 
do these kind of things. You know, I, I don't know if, if that's I don't know if that is the case. I don't know if it's, it would even be working, but I think that was always their long play was to show New Japan like, look, we can work with other people, we can have matches on our shows, we can do these things. Yeah, uh, but Yuji Nagata made zero difference on that show uh, when he was on uh, the the week that they had Kent on. Nothing. I mean, that was the lowest rated quarter on the show. Um, it 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 doesn't help. Uh, it just doesn't help them ratings wise. And that's exactly why they're bringing in guys like Paul White and Mark Henry, familiar faces. So even though they're retreads, they're familiar and you're not going to get those lowest quarters like this, right? So when you bring in somebody from New Japan or you bring in somebody from Impact, which is, you know, pretty lowly rated, uh, a lot of times they're just not going to move that needle. And that's, you know, so what do you get out of that other than playing to your core audience who's going to watch you regardless? Not a whole hell of a lot. That's why I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then Danny California says, Bucks made us proud and Rancho, or <laughs> Bucks made us and Rancho Cucamonga proud. Shout out Rancho Cucamonga. Um, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, one last thing from this tag team match. I did like, I love the line that Callis said where he said, after the Meltzer driver on the ramp, he said, I think a spot just opened up on the roster. I thought that was a good, <laughs> a good little uh, line there. Let's go to our, our main show opener, Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page. The machine entering the arena decked out like the cyborg and the hangman wearing a dazzling new pair of buttless chap tights. <laughs> and our first official match of the show kicks off with Cowboy S chance while the cattle wrangler tried to hog tie a bison in a hard hitting affair with them stealing each other's moves and swinging for the fences uh, throughout the whole thing. But it all came to a head when Team Taz tried to get involved and Cage stayed true to his word, shooing them away. But that's what ended up catching or costing him the match. And Adam Page gets the win over Brian Cage. Uh, not counting the, uh, the the pre-show, Chuck. This was our show opener. Felt like a good one to me. How about you? Oh, I thought that this was fantastic. It was physical. I was like cringing on some of those suplex, a lot of those suplexes. And I just, every time I watch Brian Cage in the ring, I just kind of marvel at how muscular and how big this dude is, but at the same time, how agile he is. And he's still able to move. Like he's not this big muscle bound guy that can barely turn. Like he is the exception. He is not the rule. And I thought that this was a fantastic match. And they walked away, just beat up as hell. Great way to kick off the the show tonight. Really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, how about you, Raj? It was awesome. It's funny because uh, a year ago, I was going to Barbados for a wrestling event. Uh, Brian Cage was on the show. He was on my flight. I went, sat with him. And I had been working out. So, uh, you know, I felt like I was kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of buff. Yeah. Ticka, 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 ticka. yeah, and uh, I sat next to him, and his arm was just like it was like three times, and uh, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "All right," but anyway, uh, yeah, we we did the, the that event in Barbados last year. Brian Cage just he was recovering from his injury. And I remember just saying. How is this guy not with WWE? That's Vince's wet dream. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's just 
gigantic. He can move. He can do everything. His promos aren't the best, but everything else is there. Uh, man, and you know AEW, they're. I thought it was. I thought it was the right move. The, the uh, yeah, it's great stuff. And and that crowd was so hot. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, Brian Cage. I always think to myself, like when I go to the gym, I I have goals. I have things I need to work on, whether to get bigger, lose weight, whatever. I think Brian Cage is already there. Like, yeah. what's the what what's the thing he works on when he's there? Yeah. He's already got everything. I don't it's know. Like, is my pinky? Uh, his pinky's a little <laughs> right. Is he like wiggle his ears for light. an hour to get like some muscle back there? <laughs> he's I don't know. On like the maintenance plan, boys. He's on the maintenance plan. He's not trying to gain size. He's not trying to lose size. He's just trying to keep size. Jeez, it's uh, it's just so impressive that guy. Because yeah, he's he's one of the most physically impressive people I've seen in wrestling. Uh, Adam Page, though, I feel like my heart is with that guy. Like I want to see him do well. I'm always interested in what he's doing, even when there's like. Basically, he was just saying, "I want to have a match with uh, Brian Cage again," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm in. I'm I'm all in on the Hangman. Uh, I love yeah. that guy. I." And it's weird because when he, when, the, when AEW first started and he was getting a title shot, I was like, "I don't know who this guy is. What, what do I care if he gets a title shot?" Now I'm like, he's one of my favorite wrestlers going today. Is it time to break him apart from the Dark Order? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no question. I felt like, you know, the Dark Order, uh, I mean, with after Brody Lee passed, I felt like it was like, let's give them something. Let's, you know, um, that was the time. And it just didn't happen. And it's gone. Yeah. I would say, for me, I think they should break him up, but uh, at least Hangman from the Dark Order. But I don't think it needs to be a big thing. I think they right, just, like yeah, it's not a feud. It's just he's doing yeah. yeah, quietly separate them. He's just not in the room with them anymore, and they're not in the room with him anymore. And he's off doing cowboy stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and they're doing whatever it is they're doing. I, I think Dark Horse is fine on Dark and Elevation as just a group, but they don't really have a purpose anymore. It doesn't seem like, but. I think you would need to take them off of TV for a few months and then slowly build up with a new leader coming in and have it be, you know, some big name or something like that. Um, and that's the only way to, you know, try to turn their, I, I don't know, turn the dial back up for those guys. Cause they are, they're just ice cold right now, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, if you sign Daniel Bryan, are you going to put him as the leader of the dark order? <laughs> because yes no yes, yes. <laughs> or do you actually get some money out of them so right. i i just don't see this uh as a salvageable salvageable gimmick i mean the reason i'm the only reason i go to bat for them for dark and elevation is it it gives like i don't know like what is preston vance doing if he's not a part of the dark order like what gets him on tv and uh, he's great he should be on tv but like what's his angle in I guess is the only at a dark and elevation level at a dynamite level. I don't know, but I don't know. It's I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to support <laughs> these guys. I don't I, I don't know. Hold hold on. Uh, let, let, let's save us from the from the dark order debacle because there's there's no good answer there. Uh, I do have in my notes that I wanted to ask you both about what is in the future for Brian Cage. Like, do we start to see maybe a babyface turn here from him t- tonight? I think so. I think this is him breaking away from Team Taz, which I think is time 
for him because he's so great. I don't I don't really get the FTW title. Like at this point, it felt like they brought it in because they weren't sure what was happening with the TNT title, and now it's just kind of a a thing that he comes out with. But I think it's time for him to go off on his own. I feel like Team Taz, they never win. I don't know why you'd ever want to be on Team Taz. They don't do very well. <laughs> you know, I always felt like wrestling was one of those uh, things that you could explain very easily to people that don't watch o- overseas. You can go to, um, you could go to India. Like I could go with my cousins and just be like, "Hey, these guys hate each other. This guy has to beat the other guy. Keep his shoulders down for three. And and then, you know, titles make sense. Once you bring the FTW title, it makes no sense. Like, this is a belt that was created, and it was like 10 years ago, and he loses, he doesn't lose the belt. Once you start going in that direction where the titles don't mean anything, um, or, or the belt is just there as a prop, it just, I don't know, I just feel like it, it muddies the water. It just, it doesn't further along the company and your storylines and your um your character so anyway um i think that it's a big waste of time to have this ftw title because it makes no sense so yeah it it was like the million dollar belt when when, uh ted dibiase would lose and he still you know the guy that beat him was not the champion then what then explain that why is the guy that beat the champion not the new champion? It makes no sense. Anyway. Yeah, I no, I agree. I don't know. If he was defending it, sure, whatever. We have another title. But yeah, I, he doesn't defend it. And so then I get don't, rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really get the point of it there. It also, Team Taz in general, I like all the pieces. It's just I don't really get why they're together in the first place anymore. It's not like Taz is getting them tons of matches on Dynamite or helping them win a lot. It feels like... There's, they, they feel like the randomly thrown together team, but mm-hmm. they I like all the pieces, but yeah, I hope, I hope cage breaks away and the way he's so good in the ring, he's easy to cheer. So I hope he turns face. Cause I want to cheer him doing these huge feats of strength, beating people. Yeah. Um, uh, we have uh, Trey is balding, stellar Justin Lopez. Uh, they need to start building Hangman up to main event all out versus Omega. I was glad to see he's still over AF. Yeah, I want to see one day at a, at a, at a pay per view, I want to see him ride down to the ring in a horse. Like, just actually just take the horse <laughs> to the ring. Uh, Tonight but- was the first night we really kind of saw what was over and what wasn't. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it, it was interesting too, because sometimes, like, Miro getting all the uh, the cheers that he got, like the Miro's gonna kill. You. Or no, that was the other net the other day. But Miro's gonna kill you, and yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Seeing what was really over was interesting tonight. But um, let's go ahead and get to the, I guess, the last part, the buy-in, the NWA Women's World Championship, Riho versus Serena Deeb, uh, the first match of the night on the buy-in. And if there was any question about how the people feel about Riho, it was answered immediately by the crowd, starting off red hot, but Serena, not to be outdone, got some dueling chance going of her own, and I thought this was a great way to start the show. Great match overall. Deeb retains. Uh, my question to you, and Raj, we'll start with you, uh, is this the last we see of Serena Deeb and or the NWA title in AEW? I don't think so. I, I, I don't get what they're doing with it. I don't get... Because uh, Serena Deeb hasn't been on power 
<laughs> you know, like that's the NWA main show. Right. So uh, it's a dead promotion. I hate to say it because, uh, but it, it's just the fact. It's not, no one is watching their show. It's just not, it's a dead promotion. Um, Serena Deeb is awesome. She is just, she just rose to the occasion every time she rose it tonight. She's awesome. I, I just think she's one of the most underrated uh, wrestlers that's out there. And, and she showed it tonight. Um, yeah. So hopefully, you know what, you know what kind of sucked is that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And I, I love Britt Baker. I think she's a superstar. Thunder Rosa was in that match too. And she did not get the bump that Britt Baker got. And mm. I feel like uh, I, she's a superstar too. She absolutely is. I think it's. I think it goes back to what was being said earlier about how she doesn't really get the follow up, at least not on Dynamite after that match. And right, she won. I, I think there's a little bit of yeah. She yeah. Well, Big Swole won in that uh, their rivalry too, and she right. Big Swole disappeared. Uh, but it's. I think with Thunder Rosa, she's kind of like Serena D, where I feel like I'm still not 100% sure. Is she with AEW or is this like a temporary thing? Or I, I, And so I feel like it's hard to invest. Uh, Chuck, how do you feel about uh, the women's division and the NWA AEW women's division? It's it's weird. It kind of like you want to say it all blends together, but clearly it doesn't at the same time. You don't really know what's going on. Um, I, you know, I, I think that a lot of people view uh thunder rosa as being an aew talent even though she's under an nwa contract she just she seems to me to fit very well in the roster and isn't she also doing spanish uh spanish commentary for aew when she's uh she's not wrestling in the ring wasn't she uh on the spanish call friday night yeah yeah and um, uh the guy one of the guys on there got fired willie willie urbina right yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, so clearly she is really ingrained with AEW and I find it interesting if she wasn't really an AEW person, why would she be doing commentary, not even wrestling? Right. So like that kind of leads me to believe like, yeah, she's more AEW than NWA. I'd love to see Serena Deeb slide in, uh, more to the women's division as well, but I just, I don't know what you do with that NWA women's title, to be honest with you, unless you just have a second belt for the women. I, you know, I honestly don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I love Serena Deeb. I think she just feels like a champion whenever she's out there. She's got this kind of superhero wonder woman kind of not without like a cape and all that, but just, she feels like the hero of the story. She feels like someone who's supposed to be the person holding the title. She carries that vibe with her in my opinion. So I'd love to see her on AEW more. I'd love to see her wrestle in general more, but I mean, it seems like she's not on any NWA. So I'd like to see her on AEW, but again, I don't know how, the contracts and stuff that are all worked out. That's weird. But I thought Riho looked good as well. I I'll be honest. I was someone who's been skeptical of Riho uh, in the past, but the crowd loved her. So I'll accept the, the L on that one. I think Rio Rio's got just natural charisma. She's just got that. You just want to cheer for her. I just feel. And so it was an interesting dynamic with her. Cause I feel like Serena Deeb is the same way. Like she mm-hmm. has that. You just want to cheer for her. Um, but Rio, I think because she also she's smaller, so you want her even that much more. She's like that mighty mouse. Uh, mm-hmm. You just really are cheering for her, and uh, I, I thought uh, I thought it was a fun way to kick off the show. 
Do you yeah. feel the least bit bad for her, though? The commentators were saying she just moved to the U.S. full time and she only got here a couple of days ago and then she loses. Uh, I mean, it's like, <laughs> welcome to the U.S. full time now. Right. Do the job. I know. That was kind of a shitty move, apparently. <laughs> Anthony Agogo is like, I told you. Right. <laughs> and now you don't have health care. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, well, that, Anthony that... he did. He did go off on the American healthcare <laughs> system in our interview with him. Uh, so you could catch that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's that's that's <laughs> such an interesting, so much interesting stuff in that when you look I, at it. But I know. Um, but that does it for the uh, AW uh, Double or Nothing side. Any final thoughts before we move into? I do want to chat about the Warrior Docs uh, real quick before we we head out. But any final thoughts on Double or Nothing? Again, solid show. I, I just wish we didn't have to wait all the way until next Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern to get the follow-up to this. You know, I think that the NBA playoffs are really kind of sticking it to AEW's momentum right now. But the show itself, two thumbs up. Yeah. So, it's awesome. I loved it. Uh, I can't watch. I don't know if I can go back to the Thunderdome. I'm going to – three hours of watching wrestling in the Thunderdome. I, I don't think I can do it. So I might need uh, some replacements. So Chuck <laughs> – well, yeah. to, be, to be fair, it's going to be an hour and a half of replays, not necessarily an hour and a half. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, chances are tomorrow we're going to see Cedric versus Shelton, uh, right. the New Day versus Matt uh, Matt Riddle and uh, Randy, Randy Orton in some way. Right. I mean, it's just we're going to see a lot of the same stuff. Don't forget Elias versus AJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that combo. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be uh, Jackson... Yeah, it's going to be uh, Elias versus AJ because last week was Jackson Riker versus AJ. So right, so uh, yeah, that's the show for tomorrow, there guys. There go. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to ask you: Did you guys check out the Ultimate Warrior docs? There was two of them, so I'd love to know if you guys saw them. Uh, what your thoughts were? Definitely saw them both. Um, I I thought that there was stories left untold in both of them. But to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I I did not think if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, uh, this would be my opinion. But I thought the A uh, A and E documentary was way better than Dark Side of the Ring. I I just thought that it was a better told story. Uh, Raj, what do you think? Six thousand percent, yes. Yeah, I thought the. Dark Side of the Ring just felt lazy. Like, they just they just had to get it done. They're like, we'll just interview his ex-wife and that's and uh, throw in some Jim Cornette comments. And I don't know, it just felt lazy, uh, which I would not have thought with any of the other documentaries they've, they've done because they've always seemed well-researched and everything. And I just thought it, it sucked. And you know what? I thought that neither of them touched on... Uh, deeply on the stuff that he was saying post his wrestling career like they just kind of glossed over it uh, and they both did it and i thought that was right up dark side of the rings alley and they just kind of you know like no one brought up the comments he made about martin luther king or hurricane katrina or bobby heenan thinking like bobby heenan deserved cancer uh mm. You know, this is heavy stuff that no one touched on it. So, I don't do you know. Think, do you think that was somewhat intentional, though, so they could still have that happy... And I mean, I don't want to call it a happy ending, but at least a happier ending that kind of sends him out in as nice of a light as possible? 
Because I, I, especially in today's climate, man, if you focus on that stuff, there's no coming back from it. For A and E, for sure. But Dark Side of the Ring has no reason to do that, right? True. Was so, do you think maybe Dark Side of the Ring? Because this is such a a topic with so much. It's kind of like low hanging fruit, kind of easy to to write, so to speak, with someone like the Ultimate Warrior. I think maybe there's like it's kind of writes itself. Let's you know roll with it as opposed to trying to dig deep and get more information. Ah, I I just think that um, man, the stuff he said was so awful. Heath Ledger deserving to die. Uh, that it wasn't even brushed. I don't know what the the reason was, other than time. You know, uh, with Dark Side of the Ring, they had one hour. That that should have been a two hour episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was an icon. As much you know, Jim. They had Jim Cornette on there saying that it was just him being pushed to the moon and that's why he was a superstar and he beat everyone look if you had terry taylor beating everyone he's not gonna become (laughs) a super you know he's not like this idolized superstar warrior had that charisma and just everything about him just it just hit um Mm -hmm. you can't undermine all that so uh anyway but, you, you know, in, in interviews, the producers of Dark Side of the Ring have talked about how some of these stories have been told before, so they need to find new angles and new pieces of the story to talk about. And I, maybe their feeling was, just playing devil's advocate here, maybe their feeling was that stuff had been talked about so much they wanted to focus on other things because they only had a limited amount of time. But that hasn't been talked about on a TV show yet. Like, to this day, that has not been talked about. Like the, those uh, those comments have not been brought up on his documentary or, you know, the stuff he said about Katrina or MLK that has not been brought up. So were those and remind me when he said those things, were they on in interviews or on Twitter or was there I, I can't remember where those I've heard his, those things, but I don't know exactly where I, I heard them from. Uh, blog posts. Oh, OK. I was going to say because I didn't know if there was like a like if they had site like site, if, if there's a citing it kind of issue right 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 it wasn't like uh he was paraphrased wrong or something like that no these were yeah. his actual uh blog posts and i mean they were horrendous yeah yeah i, I mean it, it and, and look i'm i'm one of those like i have friends on every side of the political you know uh spectrum it's it's not about that it's it was about uh he was absolutely homophobic and racist. Mm-hmm. And and that's not a political thing. It was just what he did. Yeah, I, I don't know why they would duck that. Yeah, again, I yeah. I like I said, I, I I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to see see him, so I, I can't really comment too much on him, but it's I know there's a lot of stuff on, on <laughs> well, War here. After 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 we're done, well I'll I'll send you the links. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely have to get to him because I'm kind of behind on the docs. But uh, but yeah, um, definitely. But he was a superstar. I mean, he was oh, yeah. insane how big he was mm-hmm. at that point. And uh, to to downplay it is not, uh, is not fair. No, yeah, he was a massive star. Uh, he was like the Goldberg of his era in some ways, I think, because he was this just unstoppable force of nature. But yeah. Uh, uh real quick yeah. favorite wrestlers both of you guys who do you guys pick all time three yeah like your top my, three my, of all time 
Ooh, uh, Sting would be number one. That's wow, that's, Sting. That's who I, I got love into it. wrestling. Uh, I grew up watching him. Love him. Nice. I'm going to put uh, Rock number two just because of his promo skills. Love the man on the mic. And number three, Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are my my personal ones. Yeah. So uh, I would say number three is Randy Orton. I'm a huge Randy Orton fan. Uh, number two was Bret Hart. And then number one, I was a huge Lance Storm fan. I loved Lance Storm. What? Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was expecting. Right. No, everyone always says that. When I say Lance Storm. I really Lance Storm. I just, I don't know. You got, I, you got all these weird collections of Lance Storm videos in your... <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a signed Lance I bet Storm. he'd be freaked out if he saw it. <laughs> it's a shrine of Lance Storm. Uh, no, I don't know. I just I, I saw him in ECW. I was like, this guy's really good. And then I just uh, stayed a fan. I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I I don't know. I was just really into him. But uh, yeah, who's yours, Raj? I would say in the chat, everyone, uh, I would say it would be Savage, Randy Savage, number one. Uh, 1987 to 1992, Randy Savage. Uh, Roddy Piper, uh, 1985 to 1989, Roddy Piper. And then Steve Austin. Yeah. That's a, that's a good list. Yeah. That probably, probably holds up better than, <laughs> than Lance Storm and Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> Bushwhacker yeah, Luke, it doesn't, it's rare to see that make the list. <laughs> Who are you to doubt Bushwhacker Luke? <laughs> Hey, man, we just interviewed Bushwhacker Luke like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's a man right there. And you know, you know the power of Bushwhacker Luke. He, uh, <laughs> I love Bush, the Bushwhackers, but uh, I think that about uh, I think that, that about does it for us. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add, uh, I would say thank you guys so much for watching along until the very end here. If you are still watching – Give us a like, leave us a comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let us know your top three personal favorite wrestlers in the comments, by the way. That'll be fun to see who everyone else likes. Um, and also make sure to check out the Raw after show on Wrestling Inc. as well. It's going to be a doozy, as well as the NXT after show on Tuesdays. And always check Wrestling Inc. for all of your wrestling news. That does it for us, for Raj, for Chuck, and for me, Jack. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.